Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving More Show. Uh, it's Paul Baines here uh, as your host this evening uh, as we will be talking about um, Super Rugby. We'll have a look in on uh, the uh, All Blacks depth chart um, and uh, the and, and we'll be talking about uh, women's rugby as well as it's all over the news at the uh, moment. Uh, joining me to discuss all of that is someone who has just arrived on time uh, with his cap. Uh, how are you doing, Steve? Oh, very good. Thank you, Paul. Better late than never, and always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM. Well, you weren't quite late, but you were very close, let's be honest. Let, I, I just clicked go live as you went boop and appeared as you came through. And uh, oh, you've gone, you've got your retro blues jersey there. And uh, oh, how the uh... oh, he's gone. <laughs> I've gone and I'm back because. I guess the same same version, right? There we go. We are sponsored by Pretty the close. Um, um, yeah, that, by that bank. <laughs> we don't need by that, that bank, yes. Um, I'll just go hang that back up again because uh, I've uh, had a little rearrange of the uh, jerseys in the background. That's why it's not hanging up there currently. Um, but um, yeah, so my weekend of rugby was yeah, we're watching a couple of games um, from this very chair uh, and uh, also getting over to. Um, FMG Stadium to uh, to watch the uh, Chiefs versus the Blues in uh, wow again I don't think any of us saw coming and um, well we saw the game coming obviously but not the performances um, and uh, whilst I was there I watched it with um, Alex the guy behind um, the uh, legendary Marty Banks um, Facebook page uh, and I'll be honest we chatted so much that um, I went back and watched the highlights and realised it was a totally different game. Than I, than I actually thought I'd seen when I was there because I just didn't get time to watch it uh, much, which is uh, perhaps not the best um, way uh, way of doing it. Um, but um, Stephen, did you get out and about twenty games, or were you watching it all from the uh, the comfort of your sofa? No, it was all from the comfort of my uh, sofa. I'm I'm pretty sure we've uh, we've the North Harbour Club season has already started. They're already in round two at the moment. Um, but the Auckland club competition due to start 
not this weekend, but the following weekend, I think it is, maybe third weekend of April, along with the Northland Cup competition as well. So still a lot of pre-season games happening at the minute. So I think with a big action pick club season coming up, I'll pick and choose where I uh, land, should I say, this season. Absolutely. Now, I'll be honest, I'm a couple of beers in because I finished uh, stocking up my wood pile, my wood, wood store today. And uh, with that, that, that achievement deserved a, a beer or two. Um, and um, I'll be honest, looking at the weather forecast, I'll be very surprised if I last past Wednesday without the first um, without the first fire being lit. So, folks, uh, hopefully you're all ready for the cold and wet weather that's coming. Um, I'm, I, so looking at weather, I don't think I'm going to leave the house again until Thursday uh, because I think it's going to be too wet for me. Um, and uh, and I'm fortunate that I can get away with that. So, um, but uh, if you're going to be travelling around, folks, be careful. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of very heavy weather um, coming over the next couple of days, which doesn't look good for the um, Moana playing the Hurricanes uh, tomorrow night down in Wellington. That could be a bit wet and windy down there. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. They often say the weather's a, the weather is a great leveller, and that we could find that uh, tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, I'm not too sure if we're going to see any free flowing rugby down in the capital city. No, no. And uh, evening, Simon, who's let us, let us know that Belgium and Poland have uh, been promoted to the uh, International European Rugby Championships 2023. So congratulations um, to uh, those two countries um, in uh, that one. But um, let's uh, kick off with some news then. And l- last week, um, I think it was, we kind of heard that um, Wayne Smith um, and uh, Ted were both being added to the uh, Black Ferns environment. Um, and we've seen a few um, Instagram photos. I saw one from um, Chelsea Semples going, uh, the professor is in the house um, with um, Wayne Smith uh, giving them all a bit of help. And uh, yeah, I, two guys with uh, heaps of experience. Um, that'll be uh, really good uh, for the uh, for the Blackfern setup. Oh, very much so. And, and listen, given where they, they landed at the end of um, last season, which was all pretty uneventful from a Black Ferns point of view and given the short period of uh, time they've got before this year's uh, uh, 2022 Women's Rugby World Cup I guess they need all the experience they can uh, they can get on board and uh, it really doesn't come any better than um, Sir Graham Henry and, um, Wayne, and uh, Wayne Smith is he a sir these days? He should be I don't think he is a sir um, but so I, I could be um um, I could be wrong um, on that one. So, but um, so yeah. So those, those so they, they've joined. I think I, I think I also saw that Cron might be there helping out with the scrums um, as well. And if he is, boy oh boy, that's a uh, another good um, another good appointment as well. If I, I, but I'm, I'm not sure if I remember seeing that one or not. Now, I'm guessing you've probably not seen the news reports or have read um, the uh, Black Ferns review um, that uh, came out today. Uh, into uh, yeah. how things in the, the the sports and culture piece. Have you have you had yeah. a chance to see that? Yes, I have. A lot of lot of bullet points on that, Paul, and uh, and they still keep the coach. Hey, just reversing the truck back up a little bit. Uh, Wayne Smith did receive the uh, order of uh, merit, so he is uh, he's got some royal honours of assaults, But it wouldn't surprise me by the time his uh, career is. Uh, is is officially ended, or when he's well and truly away from the uh, limelight down there in Waihi, that he probably ends up as a sir at some stage. Yes, yes. Um, the uh, I, would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, look, it's um, uh, it, it, 
he'll he'll do a lot, a lot of good for them. Um, I mean, that thing. I, I still think they're going to um, struggle up against uh, teams like England when it comes to the actual World Cup itself. But uh, look, having that piece there um, will, will be will be um, uh, will be key. But um, I say a report came out today about uh, the environment uh, that the Black Ferns had in it. Um, and uh, the review found that uh, some players and management described negative experiences. Now, let me, now, note here, players and management. It's not just the players here um, that, uh, that are talking about this, including cultural insensitive, insensitive comments, poor communication and inconsistent feedback, allegations of favoritism and ghosting, body shaming and a lack of good recruitment, um, induction and ongoing support for both management and players. Uh, and I think what's key here is, um, that is, is poor support for management um, and players. Uh, it's not just the players. Uh, in, in in this case, but some any of your sort of uh, initial reactions to and um, to this, Paul, I, I sense a lot of this all ties in with a, a real lack of of professional for the professionalism for the women's game. You know, if you see the way the English women's rugby team uh, who are pretty revered at the at the moment, boy, they just look like a professional outfit, and everybody that they're playing. Basic look looks amateur. Every everything about the way that they play um, is probably reminiscent of, of of any professional team that's running around. Whether it's uh, in uh, women's football as as well, you've you've seen how professional those teams. But you've got a, there's no argument that when you do see teams like um, England or France and and England, boy, they they look professional. Everything looks good. Their structures look good. They fitness looks good. Um, dare I say it? You know, you know when you mention the word body shape, I I, I don't think that should be perceived as a, uh, as a as a negative thing. You know, when we we're quite critical of of male rugby players, Paul, when we when we can see that they're not in condition, and always we're basically calling it as we're seeing it in a professional code. If your body shapes. Um, it, could could be a lot better. It, it, it's 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 criticism. I guess, okay. the this, this comes down to I guess it, it's the the uh, it's it's how the message gets across rather than necessarily what the message is, right? Um, and I think uh, if you actually go and start look at the some, some of the the, um, the the bullet points um, in there, um, you can see that it that some um, that uh, what's really um, come across uh, in this is that the Black Ferns environment is not as professional as it should be and is not as resourced. And I'm not just talking about dollar resources here. I'm talking about um, the uh, um, uh, just the the, the, the the manpower, the education, um, the quality. A lot of people, unfortunately, um, uh, from a coaching point of view, uh, the women's game has been seen as a stepping stone into the men's game or into more senior positions. Um, and that includes all the way up to the Black Ferns um, position as well. So, um, whereas uh, the All Blacks coaching position is considered the pinnacle, it's not. It's not a stepping stone to something else. The Black Ferns one um, is uh, is to a certain degree and doesn't have the same. Uh, and that's not. I'm not just about the head coach here, but also um, the support staff as well. Um, and um, because of that, uh, you've not necessarily you, you, the the coaches aren't as well um, educated, etc. Uh, and, and skilled, um, quite often uh, at, at this level. So there's a there's there's um, there's, there's a real problem there, 
Um, but I think this, the, the, the problem, as you say, kind of starts a little bit higher up where it goes. Uh, so for the first point in the review, New Zealand rugby has done a great deal of positive work with players management, the New Zealand Rugby Players Association, to move the Black Ferns into the professional era. However, there is no clear or consistent high performance vision, practices or mindset. This needs to be addressed. One of the uh, things when I was at the uh, Super Rugby Alpaki, um, sorry, Alpaki, was I said, hey, look, it, would, it, would it be possible to get an interview with the head of women's rugby uh, at uh, New Zealand Rugby? Now, uh, she'd only been in the role for a couple of weeks, so the answer was no. But I said, look, what I want to ask is, what is New Zealand rugby's vision for the women's game, not just in New Zealand, but globally um, over the next, say, five, ten years, whatever? Um, and it was like, well, that's a big question. <laughs> it's kind of like, it shouldn't be that big a question. <laughs> that kind of thing should be known um, and should be and should be communicated right the way down the, the levels of the um, uh, of the game. I mean, what, to me, one of the big questions at the moment that's that's happening is uh, for, for, for the last 10 years, the pinnacle of, from a high performance view of the women's game has been the Sevens World Tour. Is that now changing to be 15s? As we've seen countries like England go fully professional, Wales um, has become uh, semi-professional with, 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 with full-time contracts for about half their squad and retainers for the other half. Um, so is is it going the same way as the men's game, whereas actually fit sevens is more of a development pathway for um, the and, and in some cases being ditched entirely. If you look at uh, how uh, some of the, some of the Six Nations countries have dealt with it recently, so I mean these are kind of big questions higher up that there should be a kind of idea as to which way you're going. Clearly, from this review, that's not there. Um, and it then says number point two: there are some capability match gaps in management. Part, uh, due in part to a historic lack of robust recruitment, training and or support processes by New Zealand rugby. So, you go. they've not hired the, or they've not trained the people they've hired properly. Um, and unsurprisingly, that has led to uh, a lack of communication. Um, and I think a lot of these points in here come down to communication issues between management um, and players to, in, 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 from, from, from what I'm reading anyway. Yeah, listen, make no mistake, they've been caught with their, with their pants down. If you go back only, gee, when did they win that World Cup in, in, in Ireland? That, that was 2017, I think it was, was Paul, if, if I'm correct, 2017, 2018. That wasn't, yep. too, that wasn't too long ago. Now, to give England credit, they they obviously looked at what the, they were doing and addressed it. Um, I think basically New Zealand, the New Zealand Rugby Union, I think they sat on their laurels a little bit. Paul, well, not a little bit, a lot, and um, you know, unfortunately, those chickens have have come come home to roost. Yep, sure, they've 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 actually they've actually grown the game, but I think for some reason they just thought it was just going to happen generically because we've got this wonderful pool of pool of talent out there. We've got uh, we've had this amazing growth in women's rugby, but at the end of the day, to stay on top, you've still got to put something. In, into the into the game, and unfortunately, um, I, I I just I just suspect maybe some you know maybe the, the the wrong type of mindset has has come from the from the from the coaches, and uh, I, I think they've probably picked off easy excuses against a lot of the players, and I think hence where a lot of the backlash has come from.
Yeah, and I say I think there's been a lot of as you say um, complacency, absolutely by New Zealand rugby around the women's game. Um, and Simon says New Zealand rugby treats the women's game um, um, as uh, as a PR exercise. <laughs> that's uh, absolutely true. And one of the things we've talked about before, I think probably more with Ashwin, was the uh, when you look at the the the, the board uh, of New Zealand rugby, there's not one person on there uh, who is uh, there's, there's there's no one on there to represent women's rugby. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, uh, it's it's one of those um, uh, one of those things that will it's uh, that that so that would be one of my questions to the head of women's rugby if you, if I ever get to have an interview with her, um, asking her, yeah about who she reports into and why there isn't someone on on the actual board itself if it's that if women's rugby is as important as they say it is um, to that. So um, yeah, uh, so uh, and there's some question marks. Why has the head coach kept his job? Well, A, uh, the World Rugby World Cup is only a couple of months away <laughs> to start off with. Um, secondly, it's been shown that um, that he wasn't tr- he wasn't given the right training or the resources to do his job properly. Um, and hence, that's where some of the problems came from. Um, the uh, uh, and, and so you can understand why he's been given the opportunity to. Um, to yeah, to, 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 to correct what he's done wrong and to have the right resources around him. Um, yep. The. So, um, so you can see that, but I mean, the, t- t- some of the t- I mean, obviously the um, I've gone blank to the player's name who who um, who spoke out um, at the end of that tour. Oh, it, Paul, um, you know, everything Sorry. about that tour, everything about that tour was basically wrong. I I I, I think the build up, the lead up, the build up was lead. If we if we recall, a lot of the players were pulled out out of the Farrah Palmer Cup, and and then they played um, a couple of games against. Was it was it Wales? They may have played a couple of games against as as a as a pre build up. You know, to my way of thinking, they probably should have kept the players a little bit longer in, in, in Farrah Palmer Cup or even something as as, as radical as as maybe playing a um a, a restricted grade male side. You know, eighty five or seventy seven k kg g side just to give them a little bit more physicality. And before everybody out there goes, well, hang on, no, we can't have men playing women. We think back to the the uh, the uh, netball team um, when they basically played the New Zealand men's netball team it's just maybe they just they just really need needed a little bit more physical opposition to play against just in, in terms of expectation of what they were going to meet in England I think if the coaches had done their due diligence they would have found that touring England and France they were going to come up with teams that had very very good set set piece plays were conditioned. You know, and and basically, how do you come up with it with with a plan to negate that or better it? And, or, or like they had in the previous year with the possibles versus probables. I mean, they could have proper internal games as well. Could have been had. Uh, could they have brought? Could they have dragged the Farrah Palmer Cup a bit earlier to give a two week window for those sort of things? I don't know. These are all kind of things that uh, could have, would have, should have. Um, but um, in, in, in that one, but uh, the New Zealand rugby is not the only one in this situation. Uh, over the last two weeks, we've had reports out from Canada and Ireland, both um, uh, pointing serious deficiencies in their uh, women's um, high performance setups as well. So um, this is not, not an excuse by any stretch. It shouldn't have happened. No. Let's be blunt. But they're oh. not the only ones who are making these mistakes at the moment. Um, so, yeah, so look, that's um, it's, you know, it, 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 is, it is where we are. Oh, Paul, and, and, and at the moment... Um, you've also got to say the, the women's game in England is well promoted. You only get to look at that 
crowd that they had for the Wales game on the weekend at whilst it whilst it was a very one sided game at at the end of the day. Wow, that crowd it didn't worry that crowd crowd one iota. They were a home crowd. They were they were biased. They were right in there. They were engaged. And listen, it was fantastic to see. And uh, listen, if you're a young lady going along to watch that game or you're a child young young child or at that age group where you're impressionable boy wouldn't you want to be part of that moving forward absolutely I mean, you've got 13,000 that just shows you know, if you put the right investment in you put the right setup um it will get the uh, uh you, you will get the 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 the, the attention uh, it just needs a bit more perhaps a bit more um uh, uh a bit more sort of um um in, in, uh, in innovative thinking around it um Robbie says, how big will the crowds be in New Zealand? Um, I guess you're talking about the Rugby World Cup there. I haven't got a foggiest, actually. It's going to be really interesting to see what kind of crowds we get. Um, the uh, I, But, um, I, I, yeah, I really don't know what we're going to, what we're going to see because we just don't have anything to benchmark it on because Super, the Super Rugby Alpaki was all behind closed doors um, and uh, the Black Ferns haven't played a standalone game here for a long time. Um, I've got no idea what crowds we're going to get. To be honest, yep, Robbie, I, I think we'll we'll get reasonably good crowds. Uh, New Zealanders seem to be quite supportive when they it, it comes to World World Cups. I, you know, I probably rated a little bit higher than the World Under Twenties uh, tournament, which I, I've got to say we didn't always see big crowds when that was played in New Zealand a few years ago. But I'm I, I'm quite convinced um, if and once again this comes back to the New Zealand Rugby Union if they're doing their marketing right. Um, there's no reason why they can't get some crowds along to this games. Obviously, um, vent, where they, where they, which venues they play the games will also play a part. Because one thing we don't want to see is games being played at big, empty, <laughs> big stadiums like Eden Park or um, or trust you know any one of the other three or four big venues and only a handful of maybe a crowd of a couple of thousand in a big stadium. It doesn't look that great. Now I think all the games are in Fongaree and Eden Park. Um, from memory, um, or, or is it Alb- Albany Stadium? It, well, anyway, it's, it's basically all, it's basically um, Northland and Auckland that are hosting it. Um, Robbie says his, him and his wife want to go see the USA in uh, Fongaray against Italy. That'll be an interesting one. Uh, so the, um, there would some. Um, hopefully, we're going to get to see Australia, the USA, and Canada come and play the, the Black Ferns in a torn, in a, in a uh, World Cup warm-up tournament. Um, the Wallaroos. Uh, just announced two games in May, and I've gone blank as to who they're playing. I think it's Samoa and someone else or something like that. Um, the uh, Fijiana Drua, the female side in Super W, has just uh, gone through that competition unbeaten, heading into the finals. So um, good luck to them. That's uh, fantastic for, for their debut season. Um, so, um, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, and uh, I say it's going to be... The level of interest is going to be interesting. Now, one thing that is that... Um, that I did get reminded about the weekend is Sky do not have the rights to the Women's Rugby World Cup. Those rights are held by Spark Sport here in New Zealand, just like the just like Men's Rugby World Cup is. Uh, I think the next one is also with them. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting again because obviously Sky, whilst they've been talking about it as part of when the women's games have been on, they're not going to be promoting it in the same. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how how Spark Sport go about promoting it um, in that one. Um, as well, so yeah, um, and uh, so I say it'll be, it'll be interesting for, for, for that one. Um, the Trusts Arena, 
Uh, that's one in Fongaray uh, is the um, is that venue. Um, Simon says, I think uh, the Blackburn's playing the USA, Canada, Australia in the Pacific Falls tournament. That's correct. That tournament doesn't really properly kick off until next year, but they're doing one. Um, they are doing a part of it this year as well, is the is the idea um, on uh, on that one. Um, and yeah, TVNZ will have some of the um, will have some of the games on in on um, a bit like in the Rugby World Cup. That's what so I think TVNZ um, partnered with uh, Spark Sport for that one uh, when it was in Japan. Um, uh, any final things on the women's game before we move on? No, not not at all, Paul. I think we pretty much we pretty much covered it. In fact, we've given it a good twenty five minutes, so uh, got to be impressed with that. So then, um, something that's uh, t- staying on the international game then, um, and uh, I asked you, hey, should, should we get the um, the All Blacks um, aer- uh, World Cup aeroplane out? And you said, no, Paul, we shouldn't. Um, so I went and had a look at it and just realised that actually what we did after the uh, 29 Rugby World Cup was we took the um, the squad of players and we said, who is around? Who's dis- who's disappearing? Who's too old? Who's fringe? Straight off that Rugby World Cup. And I thought it'd be a good idea to review that now two years on or three years on um, and uh, see how right we got uh, some of those names. Um, so Stephen's had no preparation on this one at all. But this is something we put together in uh, probably about December 20, 2019 um, as to what we thought the All Black squad um, was going to kind of look like there. And um, as you can see, at Lucid Prop, we, we had Carl. We said that Joe Moody and Angus Arvo were going to be too old. Well, how wrong we were because uh, Joe Moody is still knocking around and still looking like he's going to throw the World Cup, Stephen. Yep. It, 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 it certainly does because uh, I think when we when we look when we look at that when we look at that list there, Jeff, uh, uh, Tumang, Jeffrey, Tu Tu Tumanga Allen, well he's he's basically gone overseas. Is he with wasps at the moment, uh, Paul? I see you've already moved on to the Titans side, but yeah, you, you're, yep, uh, he's he's gone. Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's not around, is he? Um, Owen Franks, we were quite right that he would that he, that he would bow out. Um, but uh, Lua Lala and Tonga uh, Fasi are still there. Atu Molly has been really um, unlucky with injuries these past two years. Um, and um, actually, since since I've just named him, uh, I had an interview with um, Atu Molly last week, um, and that is available on two Patreons um, over at patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Um, and we had a chat to him because he was name checked by Clayton McMillan um, about building the, the culture at the Chiefs. Um, so I had a chat about that and, uh, and also about how he's um, coming back from his injuries as well. Um, so if you want to have a listen to that, head over there um, for that interview. But um, yeah, it's uh, the, the, Dane Cole's another player that we thought was too old, but he's still knocking around and still hoping to get to a World Cup as well. Perhaps we, I, I was throwing all these players out well before they uh, were, were ready to go, Stephen. Oh, <laughs> very much so, but uh, it just goes to show They've, you know, apart from Samasoni Takiaho, who's obviously took his opportunity on that uh, season-ending tour last year, there's not a lot of guys that have come through. Even if you go back to the props, the only real two names that I can see that have come through are probably Ethan DeGroote and George Bauer, I think, who have who have come through into into that group that we've got there. Of course, a few that have uh, uh, fallen off the radar, like Tim Perry and Kane, 
Kane Hames, obviously, to Umang Allen, has fallen by the wayside. Ati, Ati Moli, who's uh, suffered a couple of injuries. But, yeah, that just in terms of the front, the front row, no, not a lot of change. So not a lot of change there. I'll just um, move a few of those, uh, those, those names around. So um, the... Um, uh, as, as, as I say, uh, as you say, yes, um, Samatoni has now got himself as, a, as an established All Black. Um, Liam Coleman has uh, Coleman has disappeared, hasn't he? He's, I think he's gone overseas, hasn't he? Um, yes, he will. He will be heading um, overseas, Liam Coleman. Yep, um, into the locks, um, and uh, Sam Whitelock is actually uh, still around, who I, who I thought would uh, be uh, be too old uh, for the World Cup. Patrick Turpilos, who's over in Japan at the moment, he'll have to. Uh, Make his way back. I'm actually quite Josh impressed Lord. that we that we actually name checked that we, we 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 spotted Josh Lord back in 2019. I, I, I was uh, I was uh, well imp- impressed with that. Um, uh, and, and, and to be fair, Paul, he he looks really good. You know, we'll get to that Chiefs game, Chiefs Blues game, obviously when we wind down the show. But he's looked. He's looked every inch a very, very good player. Probably a little bit on the light side, but looks a, looks a very athletic lock, good at line-out time, and gets through a ton of work around the field. Hey, um, a name there, obviously Topu Va'ai has uh, come through there uh, in that um, in that space. Uh, but um, but otherwise, yeah, you've got your Quentin Strange still trying to, trying to, trying to make it um, in there. Um, Walker Laurie, uh, he's 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 headed. Yeah, he he seems to have um, perhaps uh, not, not progressed yeah. the way we, yeah. we way we were hoping for. Um, yeah. Paddy Paddy Parkinson, uh, yeah, Paddy Paddy Parkinson, you could probably yep. put in the same boat as well with injury. Of course, Jackson Hemapur is uh, playing overseas at the minute, and once again, not a lot of guys have really come through in that position. Just just Josh Lord Tupuvai. Um, into the back row, and again, um, the uh, I guess the, the players we had in the fringe there, Luke Jacobson going well, Dolstrappy Leahy, um, Vifa Fita and Petu Douglas, though, two that have uh, have gone overseas, um, that, uh, that, that were there or thereabouts. Um, we look at that up and coming crowd, Devon Flanders uh, playing well, but not made it into the All Blacks yet. Um, ben Nicholas, one didn't quite make it. The Kiriwani, obviously. And uh, Tom uh, Robinson um, into that kind of fringe area because Tom Robinson would have been if handy for head injuries. Um, I think of um, who else is? Oh, I guess um, we're looking here at some um, Oskin Satutu and um, uh, Soakula. Yeah, yep. He, he, def- he, he definitely comes into the. He's definitely made his way into the lounge pool. Yep, of, 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 of two players that have come through. Um, into there, but again, those are the only two names that uh, kind of jump off or jump into my mind as to sort of, sort of step into that space. Um, really, um, and oh, actually, Blackadder is the other person we've not got in here. He's Ethan. also Ethan Blackadder, yeah, also come through. Um, in fact, so, so a few more coming through into the uh, uh, uh in the back row, scrum half. Um, uh, I said Aaron Smith was going to be too old, and so was Brad Weber. Well, they're both still knocking around and helping to get to the World Cup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so are Bryn Hall and Mitchell, Mitchell Drummond. They're still yeah, around. Yeah. They're, 
They're also still around as well. Still there, but I, I don't, I don't, I actually don't see him as a, uh, as um, somebody that they're looking at. That he would have to have a dramatic turnaround in form um, to put himself in the picture. Yeah, it's, it's going to be three of those four isn't it? of, of TJ, Aaron, yeah. Brad, and Flau. The only spanner in the works I can see there, Paul, is probably somebody like Finlay Christie, who uh, got on board that end of season tour last yep, year. Yep, that's true. Yep. Yep. And he's doing good stuff with the uh, um, with the Blues. Second five eight. You're kind of looking at again. Bowden Barrett, Richard Moanga, um, Joshua is there. Um, Fletcher Smith and Ty Falcon, well, they've both kind of uh, disappeared. Um, but Caleb Trask is still knocking, is knocking around at the at the, um, at the Chiefs. Um, I guess you could put Love as a maybe coming through, but um, well, not really, is it? I mean, that's pretty much... Um, yeah, the, 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 only, the, only, the only other guy who who's, seems to have found a little bit of consistency to his game, but he's played mostly at fullback, but he has stepped into the 10 jersey as Stephen Perofeta uh, from oh, the Blues. Yep. yep, again, another player who basically was held back by injuries, um, unsurprisingly. Into the centres, and this was an area where we lost Ryan Cross, we lost Sonny Bill Williams, um, Matt Proct headed overseas, Richard Buckman retired, and a lot of, uh, a lot of, and, uh, and when we had sort of Jack Goodhue, Anthony Brown, we had Lau Mappy, Inks in. Well, he's gone overseas now and was and was not wanted for some reason. Rico Wani's in there. Uh, Quintapaya and Nankerville, we both... Quintapaya has had a go, Nankerville not yet, uh, in the All Blacks setup. Um, the uh, And uh, I guess the other one is um, is Will Havili. Well, not Will um David Havili, sorry. Um, who I put down as being too old will be heading off. Uh, he's someone who's, who's got himself as a fringe fielder. Um, and we mentioned Danny Tuala in there as well. And now obviously he's playing now for Moana Pacifica, so it wouldn't be an all-black person, but uh, another another yeah. one, where, another name who we've picked out who's, uh, who, who's, who has stepped through. Yeah, t- two players who started the, the season really well were both Peter Umanga Jensen and Thomas <clears throat> Umanga Jensen, but in recent times, They've had injuries, so we we haven't seen a lot of the, these two lads, which has been a, a little bit disappointing. And um, and of course, the all of a sudden, the injury to Anton Leonard Brown, mm. that all black midfield looks rather thin. And as you say, it's one of the things I've been saying for for a while. Now, I think I see Jack Goodhue and Anton Leonard Brown um, both as thirteens, um, not twelves, um, uh, and. Um, Quintapaya played 13 all the way through until uh, basically until this year. He, he played all his um, NPC at 13, um, but now is converting to a 12. Rico, obviously a 13. Um, Enor, another player we haven't mentioned, he also is a 13. Um, so, yeah, a real lack of 12s, apart from the guy who has just started playing there in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, Jordy Barrett, who uh, uh, has um, practically sort of claimed the, uh, the 12 jersey. <laughs> overnight um, yeah. and come from nowhere to, uh, to to have that one. So that's um, uh, yeah, I, I see. Think I think there's a good chance um, that we'll be seeing him uh, in the midfield 
um, with the All Blacks. It's a, it's a position that he said he wants to play, um, which is interesting, uh, and somewhere that he has played at NPC and age group levels um, as well. Um, but uh, so yeah, so Enor, Amanga Jensen, a couple that we had that we didn't pick out, and then a couple of players basically moving position in David Havili and Julie Barrett uh, into that, and also Rico Wani to a certain degree into that midfield. Act three then. Yep, DMAC, George Bridge, Seba Reese, Jordy Barrett. Yep, they're all still around. Oh, Braden Menor, we had as a back three um, rather than as a centre. But I think he's really, he really is a centre, not a back three player. And I guess these so-called up-and-coming players like Husun, Nariki, Rayasi, Nawara, um, haven't, they're all around, but they haven't really stepped up into that, um, that all-black frame. Whereas Caleb Clark and Will Jordan um, have uh, well, actually, I, I, putting them into the fringes is, is not fair because they're both established. <laughs> really, let's be honest. Well, it's it's, it's really interesting the, the the four players on the far side, Ben Smith, Waisaki, Naholo, Neem on the scudder. Well, you know they're they're probably um, past the stage of of um, ever being All Blacks again. And of course, Solomon Solomon Alamalo, who's just completely dif- disappeared from the scene. We're not entirely sure. Why that? Why that is, and it, it certainly uh, um, hurt the Highlanders in 2022. But uh, once again, you look at it again, and all of a sudden, it's it's got thin in that wing wing and fullback position. Well, actually, the one player we've not got on here is uh, Fainuku, um, and I'm not going to try and spell it. Cause I'll, I'll spell his name totally wrong. Um, the uh, but um, but so yeah, Fai, I mean, obviously, put, Lester Fainuku, Fainuku is in there. Lester. <laughs> Lester. Say, just put Lester in. <laughs> Um, whoops, what happened there? That was not what I meant to do. I've not done that before. Oops, uh, one. I was uh, typing in the wrong window. Um, so yeah, so Lester's in there. Um, so, but as you say, uh, we, there's, there's a couple of names, but on the whole, um, most of the, it, it shows you how, um, I guess, how well. New Zealand rugby um, has their pathways in that you can see the players who are who are likely to be playing at the next Rugby World Cup have already showed themselves at Super Rugby ahead of time. Um, so the players who will be playing in the 2027 20, uh, well, 27 Rugby World Cup for the men will be playing in Super Rugby in 2023, more likely than not. Will have uh, and, and there are names that we can probably put down. There'll be one or two that um, that come through, but on the whole. Uh, in, a, in a kind of like uh, topu vai um, kind of way, but on the whole, um, we'll have seen the players uh, but, um, ahead of time, which is uh, kind of interesting. Um, in, uh, in in that one, and it's not something that I kind of uh, had sat down before and um, looked at properly enough to, to realise. Stephen, yeah, he's nodding away. That's good. Right. Um, so that's so that's that bit. We. Um, we will be looking at getting the um, probably at the end of Super Rugby. We'll get the uh, we'll, we'll get the the aeroplane to um, uh, to what do you call it um, to, uh, to to France or to, um, set up, and we'll start putting our players in as to who we think are nailed on. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, in the de- oh, I've got a seat in the departure lounge waiting at home and she can, can go on holiday. And uh, we'll see how wrong we get it uh, because uh, it's fun. I'll be honest, um, it's, it's really um, uh, sad to see how... Um, Solomon, for example, is a player that I had down as someone that, yep, definitely will be an All Black. Uh, and for, unfortunately, it looks like mental health issues have, 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 uh, have held him back. But let's hopefully, hopefully, he can get over those and come back and play well, um, because I think he's a cracking player um, when uh, when you're at his best at the Chiefs. Paul, uh, with su- Paul with Super Rugby halfway halfway through, I you know, so unless somebody comes out of the the woodwork in these last eight games, and, and there's there's probably a couple of players. You know, Sawakula, so, whilst he was well shut down by the Blues on on Saturday night, was one player who I thought maybe was capable of, of, of coming through because I, I don't really know if that number eight position uh, for the All Blacks is, is completely being, being solved. We've seen Finlay Christie just hit a purple patch of form. The likes of Fakatava, um, it, it's taken him a while to get going, but we've just seen just semi-sized bites of... Of what he's what he's actually uh, uh, capable. We've seen a couple of other good good kids out there. One that I want to see more of is Connor Garden Bishop. Just looks like he's got a, a real complete uh, skill set. But you know, after that, gee, I'd have to say you're really really scratching. Maybe somebody like Callum Callum Grace uh, starting to return to that form when he was first recognised uh, a couple of seasons ago. But uh, once again, I'm I'm really looking hard, but I'm not seeing a lot of pitches. Look, this Super Rugby um, season. Uh, well, obviously, the first thing is it's good it's happening, okay. But if you're looking at if, if you're trying to shine as a player, it's a very difficult season to shine because a there's a good chance you've had COVID, which which will have impacted your um, training uh, at some point um, and, and will have set you back. Um, if you haven't then the players that you're playing around and with keep chopping and changing because they keep getting COVID. So you've not had the chance to establish um, good um, partnerships uh, in, in your positions. Next, um, as um, I, I can't remember which one, it, which player it was who said in one of the interviews, but basically, look, they've not been able to socialise together. So those off the field kind of connections haven't been built up as they would have done normally. Um, and so that level of trust and stuff that you get on the pitch isn't quite there necessarily with some of those players if, you have, if you're new to a, a franchise. Um, and then 
Uh, not only the players change, but the coaches keep changing because the coaches keep getting getting COVID or the strength and conditioning person gets COVID or the um, physio gets COVID. So you don't actually get the. So have you managed to have all the massages that you wanted that you would normally have for your recovery? Um, have you so have you been able to recover properly? Um, have you been able to uh, get the training that you need for you to shine? Possibly not. So it's not a good season. It's it's a, it's a tough year um, for players to shine and put their case forward. Um, now, uh, in the case of um, Moana Pacifica, it's easier because those players didn't get opportunities before, so they're brand new to us. A lot, a lot of us at this level, um, a lot of them are um, to our eyes. Um, so Levi Amur, for example, um, has not had has, uh, has has managed to make a good claim to be uh, in a um, Super Rugby 15 of the year kind of thing. Um, potentially in that, uh, I mean, if not, I mean, Leicester, um, Leicester, I mean, Leicester will be one of those players who would argue about that 13 jersey, but um, but uh, but he's, he's in with a shout there, so uh, yeah, I don't think it's been a, a, a good, a, a, an easy year for players to sort of put their best foot forward, um, unfortunately, um, from that point of view. Um, let's uh, have a quick um. A quick review of the games then. So we kicked off on Friday night with um, the Highlanders versus Moana Pacifica. Finished off 37-17 in this one. Um, One again where Moana Pacifica really basically got blown off the park. 16 penalties to only five by the um, Highlanders. The Highlanders basically got themselves in a bit of trouble early on and thought, you know what, guys, the way we're going to win this one is just to uh, line out more uh, and play a conservative game and duck it up the jumper, which is totally not Highlanders style. But I mean, hat tip to them that they can actually do it. Yeah, listen, and and and, and tactically it was very smart. Whilst uh, Justin Marshall probably won't agree agree with that, Paul, the style in which the Highlanders uh, brought to the night. I think even they realised very quickly. Listen, these guys are giving a lot of penalties away. Let's keep it tight. Let's get them to to infringe, because if we get a little bit too open and if we leave any ball lying around on the carpet that's the opportunity for Moana Pacifica to um <clears throat> to basically uh to play or put put some pressures put some pressure on us and uh unfortunately two yellow cards to uh uh Polo Niati, the uh lock and also Motanga the forwards you can't be giving away that what 15 15 or 16 penalties and on top of that playing 60 minutes of the game with only 14 men and it ultimately uh it was it was all a little bit too much for the uh Moana Pacifica to uh to, to handle we although one thing I will say that we, we can see they are a very uh competitive competitive side um they got themselves back to uh to twenty two seventeen, but uh, from the kickoff didn't didn't handle the uh, the kickoff receive. In fact, uh, two minutes after that, they gave away the uh, the yellow card and Hunt kicking the penalty. And from there, the game was as good as cooked. Yeah, look, I mean, Hunt um, obviously was clearly having trouble with the windy conditions down there inside the Cape in because um, he missed half of his kicks, or well, more than half of his kicks um, at goal. Um, obviously, it's not windy inside the cake since so he has no excuses at all. But um, that's a couple of weeks now that he has not um, been very good off the tee. Uh, and uh, whilst I think he's looking good running with ball in hand, um, he, he's, yeah, he's, he's got to get his goal kicking improved uh, to give this Highlanders a, a side of try, a, a, a chance against other against stronger teams. 
Um, in all honesty, he kept Moana Pacifica in this one in that first half by just missing, uh, missing kicks and goal. Um, Paul, Paul, I was going to say the Hollanders overall will be happy with the win. What they will be disappointed about is uh, the uh, the two injuries to Shannon Frizzell and also uh, Manaki Selby Rickett. Those injuries looked, um, they didn't look the best. It looks like they could be injuries that could uh, see those two players, maybe if not out for the rest of the season, a considerable amount of it. Yep. Um, and injuries are a thing that we're going to, yeah, these, as you already mentioned, Anton Brown earlier, um, are going to be a thing for the uh, for, 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 for this round. We followed that one up with Western Force um, losing to the Rebels 21-22 at home. Um, I didn't see this one coming, but to be fair, the Rebels have been an improving side. I mean, they've still got a long, long way to improve, um, but um, they uh, they have done, again, um, three missed conversions uh, for the um, for the Force. Any one of those obviously would have won this game, um, being, a, being a one-point game. But, uh, um, yeah, so again, kicking, kicking, uh, kicking your goals is very important. Um, the Force outscored the Rebels three tries to two. But um, yeah, thirteen penalties and uh, watching um, five of them sell between the sticks. Uh, yeah, um, their own worst enemies, I think, there for the force. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. Plus, um, on top of that, a little bit of um, early discipline as well. Um, Kane Corteka, uh picking up a yellow card, but not long after that, Matt Tumua with a yellow card. And of course, Ray New picked up a uh, a red card for a, a high tackle for the uh, Rebels, and that was pretty much on the uh, 49th minute. So I saw another 31, 31 minutes to go, but unfortunately the force not good enough to uh, to uh, take the opportunity of, of that. And, and, and whilst they seem to have reasonable set pieces, it's just probably not a lot of penetration in this uh, uh, Western force side. I've, I found this game a very, very hard watch both teams struggling to get anything to get anything going in terms of attack. Well, Mattielli, one of the few bright lights on that in that um, in, in in that fourth side. Um, but look, the force what lost five lineouts. The um, Melbourne Rebels lost three. Um, the scrums, uh, uh, well, you don't see it. I mean, force lost three scrums. Rebels lost five scrums. That set piece was a mess <laughs> on the night for this one. I'm afraid. Um, I, I I only caught the highlights, but uh, the um, but yeah, and that's uh, yeah, a bit of a mess um, on the not 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 the greatest advert yeah. um, for rugby. Yeah, you know, um, it, I was going to say, Paul, always a game that the uh, the force were, were, were chasing. Of course, um, the rebels got out to to 13, 13 nil after 20, 20 odd minutes, and um, and then Corteka basically got picked up his his yellow card, and I always just felt they were chasing chasing that game, even though they got back to. 22-21 with five minutes to go, which was seemed a bit random, random, random to me. When you're converted, when you're basically a converted try behind or just a, a try behind, why you actually wouldn't um, um, kick to the corner? Strange. Yep. Um, the um, and then uh, on to um, Saturday, the Hurricanes hosted the um, Crusaders. Now I missed the first, but I missed the first half as I was driving to um, FMG Stadium for the uh, the Chiefs versus the Blues. But um, all the talk has been about what happened in the final two minutes at the end of the day, <laughs> not really what happened in the previous 
um, um, 78. Uh, lots of scoring that first half, 18-17 at halftime in the second half, just the one try um, in it. Um, the uh, As I say, I missed that first half, but uh, you've been singing the praises of Jordy Barrett at 12, um, so obviously he had a good game. Uh, yeah. any, any other sort of points from that first half before we get on to yeah. that uh, last yeah. two minutes? Yeah. Yeah, overall, he was very solid. Listen, he, um, I think, 18, 18 car- carries. Um, he's physical. He does does most things. And, uh, listen, I think he just he straightens that uh, Hurricanes uh, back line well. Uh, their set piece was, you know, was, was reasonable. I expected them to come under a lot more pr- pressure. But I always felt the Crusaders just, like, had them at, at, at arm, arm's length. A couple of nice tries. Um, Will Jordan's getting his customary customary try off. Some good work from uh, Richie, Richie Moanga and then Quentin Strange goes in. And then George Bridge. So it looks like they could put on a try whenever they could, but um, the Hurricanes always managed to stay with them. Listen, like the look of uh, uh, Josh Morby at at fullback. Looks really good. Does most, most things right. And he created... Um, he created a very good try for uh, uh, Kariffi and then basically uh, picked up one himself. So a good game from the, the Canes fullback. Yeah, I, and they've got Ruben Love who can also play back there as well. Um, and obviously Jordy Barrett. So I mean, there's, there's lots of options at, um, uh, at, at fullback there. Um, I just thought I'd bring up the, um, uh, the try scoring stats and the... Uh, and well, Will Jordan is on less than three because he's not even on the uh, wow. not in the top unless the stats haven't been updated. But um, Tom Wright leads the way with seven tries currently for the Brumbies, followed by Kurt Eklund and Lester Fagnanuki, both with five. Um, Kurt Eklund also getting that hat trick the other night. Um, and then you've got uh, Caleb Clark, Will Harris, Carl Godwin, um, Maniasi Mattielli, uh, and um, Onisi. Um, rather they uh, all on four tries so yeah you, you think of Will Jordan as a try scoring machine and yet he doesn't seem to be uh, on the um, yeah, yeah on the list just, for some reason there you go just want just wondering if there's an assist stats there Paul I'm pretty sure he's probably had a few assists and some of the tries that the Crusaders have scored um, yes probably um, on, on that there is there isn't assists there, there is defenders beaten though um, but um, yeah he's not on that one either um, some of the Fijian Brewer, um, Habossi is there with 36 defenders beaten so far. Um, so, uh, so good on, um, uh, on, 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 on that one. Um, meters carried is probably where we're going to see Will Jordan. Um, and yeah, he's number three in that one. Yeah. Um, with uh, Mattielli with the force is number one. Yeah, uh, Paul, Paul, I gotta say, strange, strange second half that you know, the, the Hurricanes with. With plenty of plenty of opportunities, and I think they probably had enough ball to win to win this game. But it was only really Barrett just kicking another uh, penalty, which pushed pushed the Canes out to twenty one seventeen. But um, only once again, only a couple of minutes later, and you know this is once again the uh, Hurricanes failing to clear out of their their red zone, giving the opportunity, and Ethan Blackadder um, powering over from. Uh, from uh, close range in Moanga with the conversion, and you just thought oh, the Crusaders will, will maybe take out this game, but it was there was a lot of toing and froing, and um, it really wasn't until that sort of fateful uh, last part of the game that we'll, we'll get yeah, to look, Paul. Again, as you say, you had 35 points in the first half, only 10 in the second half. We've had a few games like that now that have had lots of points in the first half and then nothing in the second, so um, it's a bit of a trend this season, but you're right. 
time's up. You've got a penalty, or, or there was like a minute left. That's uh, within range of Geordie to knock it over, get three, and you go into uh, extra time. Or do you kick to the corner, and uh, do you risk um, a sixty percent lineout um, stat? Or, or well, actually, it would have been uh, yeah, they won that lineout, so it would have been yes, it would have been even better than that. But a sixty percent lineout stat, you've lost four already. Um, do you go for the corner? Uh, well, apparently, um, if you are um, Jason Holland, the head coach, then you uh, radio down to um, Corey Jane. Corey Jane runs on the pitch, tells the players what to do because, hey, the captain is not really a captain anymore nowadays, is he? Let's be honest. Um, and uh, the water boy tells Ardy, go for the corner. Um, first off, I don't like the fact that the water boy is allowed to run on the pitch, and that should be a red card for Corey Jane. Um, the. Uh, um, but secondly, yeah, going to the corner was the wrong option, in my opinion. Um, now, Ardy's had mouthed off about the, uh, the referee. Yes, um, Scott Barrett was attached to his arm in the air. Yes, Scott Barrett landed on the hurricane side of the lineout, um, and the more formed round him, and he then laid down and blocked the ball coming out. Um, but the referee didn't blow it, and therefore everything he did was legal. Um, which uh, and uh, therefore he won the game. Congratulations. Um, now, yes, the referee is taking a lot of flack for that and also for a high tackle, I think, that, that I've missed. Um, but um, I yeah, play the percentages, take the three. Yeah, it, 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 interesting. You, you speak about percentages, and, and, and for me, I don't know if you watch a lot of American sport, but in American sport, if there's an opportunity to draw a game and go into extra time, whether it's NFL or basketball, that's what they do. They, they, don't, they don't go for some super play uh, to win the game three-pointer. They will hit the basket if they actually need two, two points to actually take it into, into overtime. I just think, given... The Hurricanes, at best, have got a bit of a, oh, should I say, a bit of a shaky set-piece piece line out. Not a, not a lot of real jumping options in their team. That's the first thing. Second thing is you're going to try a line-out drive against probably defensively and statistically probably the best team around when it comes to defending uh, line-out, line-out drives. Um, to me, the decision was just nuts. It didn't make any didn't make any. Uh, sense at all. I think you're best to basically draw it. I think you, you know, as a home team, I think you got a bit of momentum going going your way. And if you do a couple of correct things from the kickoff, take the kickoff, receive, try and at least play some of the game down on the other half with a good chase line. Try and get a turnover, a penalty. I, to me, that was a that was a much better 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 option because you know even the best teams, as we know. Can, can panic under pressure. Um, just on the refereeing performance of um, Brent, Brendan Pickerel, um, the only real issue that I've got, there are times I felt that he was very reluctant to use the, the TMO. Um, even there was, a, there was a, a try that was scored by the Crusaders where there was a clear knock-on and it was seen in real time. The commentators mentioned it. And... Um, Boy, he had to be convinced to go to the TMO. Now, what I actually have found out in the last 40 out, 48 hours, there was a directive from Bryce Lawrence to all the referees to try and, where they can, refrain from using the, the TMO. Now, that just 
absolutely does does my head in because as we know they will go looking their best to find foul play out there well if you want to get decisions right 100% of the time to me you've got to use the TMO 100% of the time not when you feel like it just saying yeah this is uh, this is pressure obviously for for it to be an end for the end from the entertainment side of things oh look we've got to make it entertaining yada yada look at the end of the day what's uh people say oh look um making these high shots red cards is going to kill the game no what's killing the game is inconsistency of referee the only way you're going to get consistency is if you um actually uh, yeah use that tmo um and uh, and, and uh, keep it going um ouch oh dear folks um i've just had an email in from um the uh the, the chiefs um the second I was checking, it's not uh, embargoed. No, it's not been embargoed. Um, the Gallagher Chiefs can provide the following update on the injury of Anton Leonard Brown, sustained in round eight of um, Super Rugby against the Blues. It's been confirmed Anton will require surgery on his shoulder. That was injured last Saturday. He's expected to return to rugby after approximately six months. So that's the end of his wow. uh, Super Rugby season, unfortunately. Um, wow. And uh, may be available for the uh, end of year tour. But um, that looks like... Uh, the earliest he's going to be back. So um, really uh, um, sad news that uh, Angela Brown is out for what looks like six months um, from that shoulder injury. For something that looked like a fairly innocuous um, rucking incident, um, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's... Um, boy, that's, 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 that's very disappointing. I know the uh, All Black uh, coaching staff will be very... Uh, very disappointed, very disappointed as well. But like you said, injuries happen. Um, yep, it does. Um, we will. Um, so let's move on to that uh, that that Chiefs game against um, uh, against the Blues. And um, yeah, <laughs> wow, zero twenty five. Um, I don't. This is the first time in three hundred and sixty odd games mm -hmm. that uh, the Chiefs have been nilled. They have never been nilled before uh, in their existence. Um, three disallowed tries um, didn't help them, um, to be honest, um, but uh, neither did uh, choosing not to kick sticks at any point um, as well. Um, so, uh, look, the um, the Chiefs definitely had their opportunities to score in this one um, and, uh, and, and put some points up, but uh, the Blues um, tackled uh, defended extremely well, um, coped with three yellow cards um, in this game, um, and uh, yeah, got themselves in front and then defended brilliantly. Um, and you got to say, yeah, well done to the Blues. Um, a lot of people are saying this is uh, perhaps the most complete or the uh, best Blues performance they've seen, um, well, if not ever, but uh, at least recently. Oh. Paul, I've, I've, I've got to say, yeah, definitely the best away performance. I think I might have had black hair the last time that they actually um, put in such a uh, such a, um, a a committed effort. It wasn't it wasn't perfect by any stretch, Paul, because you know at the end of the day they got three three yellow cards. Uh, we're heavily penalised, but you know in terms of commitment and and a complete and a complete. 80-minute performance by the guys who were on the field when they were down to 14, you've got to say, big ups to them. Huge, huge performance. You know, on a given day, another given day, if that 
commitment wasn't there 100%, the Chiefs probably go in for four tries. Absolutely. I mean, look, the, 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 they had three disallowed. There were definitely there were other opportunities as well um, that uh, if it wasn't for committed defence, they would have gone over. And as I say, three yellow cards, two players down just before half time when uh, 13 men, the Chiefs really um, should have scored. But um, uh, fantastic uh, defence. Now, um, this was uh, Dalton Papilihi's 50th game um, in this one. And you can see uh, all the post-match um, or the best bits of the post-match interviews over at uh, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio, including Dalton talking about what 50 caps means to him um, and uh, talking about his club rugby as well uh, in in, in there. We also get Clayton McMillan uh, and Sam Kane showing you just quite how hurt they were after that game. Um, uh, It was also um, Alex Nankerville's 50th game for... Um, the uh, for the Chiefs um, and folks, he is auctioning off his jersey um, for Cure Kids. Um, the uh, it was over a thousand dollars when I last checked on uh, on Trade Me um, for that jersey. So um, uh, if you'd like to uh, get hold of that jersey, then um, uh, you can uh, check my uh, ch- check out my uh, Twitter at Driving Mall, and I've retweeted the Chiefs link um, to that uh, to, to to bid for that jersey. Um, also, I'm hoping to to um, have an, an interview with Alex Nankerville tomorrow, talking about his 50th game, or talking about so what it means to play 50 games for um, the Chiefs, um, and uh, also the fact that he is auctioning off his jersey uh, for Cure Kids. So, a, a cracking uh, um, move by him for what is a very special jersey um, for him to to have uh, to have committed that to um, uh, for Cure Kids is, uh, is 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 a fantastic move by him. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally agree. Paul, totally agree. Um, Listen, I've got to say, um, it was also great to see Baden Barrett back on the paddock. Mm. Probably, you've got to say, his best game, ironically, in a a Blues jersey as well. But, boy, you've got to get a a lot of ups to the the Blues pack, probably for the first 30 minutes of the game. That that pack clearly dominated the Chiefs um, at, at, at scrum time, but in reality, they were only up. 10-0, and when the Chiefs finally did get a, get into a position to apply a bit of uh, pressure, it came uh, uh, via a, a couple of yellow yellow cards. But you know, I think for them, they would just be they'd be livid that um, they weren't able to uh, to capitalise on that numerical advantage. But uh, more importantly, I think I think there'll probably be uh, some soul searching after being uh, kept to a big donut for the first time in the industry. Yeah, look, I mean, Clay McMillan um, took on some of the blame himself. He said, look, we practice what to do if you lose players and go down to 13. What we don't practice or haven't practiced in the past is what do you do if the opposition goes down to 13 men? And you're like, it's obvious, isn't it? It's, it's gonna, if you're practicing for it to happen to you and how you defend it, you should also practice how to attack it. And yeah, clearly that's something that they that they hadn't, uh, that they've just like, our normal patterns will work, blah, blah, blah. Um, it doesn't, right? Because the, the, the opposition defend in a different way. So you've got to think how you find that space changes. Um, and it was something that uh, I was listening to the um, an Irish podcast about the game between Leinster and uh, Connor. And a similar sort of thing happened there. Leinster, uh, Connor lost a player early. Leinster couldn't figure out how to uh, take advantage of that until half time. 
because at half time the coaches took them in and said, okay, guys, this is how you change your game plan. The players didn't know how to change their game plan against a side that had less players. Um, so, yeah, clearly, as you say, a bit of soul searching, not only by the uh, yeah, but by the, the coaches to how they should have prepared the players better um, for that situation as well. Um, so, uh, but so, but yeah, an interesting one. I mean, we talked a lot about uh, in, in the past about um, teams about preparing how to deal with being down to fourteen men. We haven't talked much about how to, how to attack or what an attacking side should do and how they should change their approach. Um, but um, but yeah, it was interesting to see that to see that happen. Um, but yeah, once they couldn't score at half to half at around half time, that's really where it's. Uh, the game just went away from them. Um, we should also mention Sam Knock as well. Um, so I mean, the, the Chiefs lost two players um, pre-game uh, in run-up in run-up to it. Had to make two changes on the day. Plus Anthony Brown, which meant their back line was totally disorganised. In, in also did, didn't help, but that's no excuse. Um, on the Blues side, Finley Christie pulled up during the warm-up and was replaced by Sam Knock. Now Finley Christie is someone who came on um, for the Blues against Moana Pacifica and sorted them out and really organize them there's a great leadership important player for them um so again credit to the blues not to, to to be able to play the way they did and lose a leader just before the game then someone comes on breaks his hand in the first what was it three or five minutes whatever it was yeah, yeah. go play the next 60 minutes or 70 minutes with a broken <laughs> hand um well done I, we'll all go congrats wow he battled through that pain well done blah 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 how much damage did he do to himself? Should we be, oh. should we be asking players to do that? Um, but hey, it is what it is. It's what they do. Um, I don't want to glorify playing through pain in that kind of way. And yeah. he's now out for three to four weeks. Yeah, I, I, I kind of understand. I kind of understand that, Paul. But yeah, sometimes you, when you're when you're out there and, you, and you've had an injury like that, maybe sometimes you don't always understand the degree of the injury. May have just had it. Had it taped up. It's it's a little bit like when you see guys roll their ankle and you, they look like they've got they've just about used about three tape rolls and they've taped the boot up. And uh, it must take them about ten minutes to take their boot off at the end of the end of the game. And then it's really only in the in the cold light of day once the body's cooled down a bit that they kind of realise, what well, this is this is this is a grade three sprain or grade four sprain or, or even something more more niggly and I don't think they find out till the end of the game. So I just wonder if it might have been one of those cases. Yeah, it's amazing what adrenaline does. I, mean, I think Marnonu played through a broken arm for a long time as well during a game. Uh, and just whilst I yeah, I just can't believe how he does it and I'm amazed by it. It's something I don't want to glorify as well. Um, but yeah, I do get so I do, I do get, get 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 why it happens. Um, finally, Fijian Drua against the Brumbies, um, twelve thirty-three. I'm pretty much I'm, again a game I was driving back from Hamilton. I've watched the highlights, but I'll be honest, I didn't pay that much attention. A yellow card after four minutes didn't help them. Didn't help them. Um, and because the reason I didn't pay much attention, essentially, it's what we kind of thought would happen, right? A relatively comfortable victory by the Brumbies. Um, 12 0 at half time. Yes, the Fiji Drua came back and scored a couple of tries in the second half, but never got within less than two scores. Um, so yeah, it was always a, it was a bit of one way, um, on this one. And uh, yeah, to be expected, uh, the look, the Fiji Drua are, are a battling team, but the Brumbies 
um, winners of Super Rugby AU two years yeah. ago, finalists last year. It's kind of what we expect, right? It is. It is, Paul. It's a bit disappointing. But listen, I, I posted, I'll share this with um, your viewers. I, I put this on the Fiji uh, Drua <clears throat> um, Facebook site. Listen, I thought the Fiji Drua would be a great addition, but man, someone needs to tell tell them it's a team game, not a game for individuals. Capable of brilliance out of nothing for long periods, but at times looking like they've met in the car park, especially in and around uh, uh, set pieces. So um, for me, I want to see some improvement, but just be wary. They've still got the New Zealand teams to come who will be far more ruthless than the Australian teams. Um, uh, full credit to, to the Brumbies. They didn't put the, you know, they get, took an opportunity to, to rest, rest a few players. There were a new, few new bots running around, but the, I, I thought it was very similar to the game against the uh, Moana Pacifica playing the, the Highlanders. They recognised they didn't need to move the ball around uh, too much. Just basically go to their set piece, pull penalties off line-out drives and scrums, pull, get uh, field position, and uh, I think maybe three of their tries all came from uh, from line-out drives. And, uh, of course, uh, the more mistakes that the Fiji, Fiji Drew have made, um, they came with infractions as well, which gave... Uh, uh, the, the Brumbies plenty of field field position. Real professional win. Um, the one guiding light was uh, Ratuvai, who played for uh, the Bay of Plenty Steamers, or, or Nessie uh, Vata, Ratuvai, who scored uh, two tries and looked really dangerous whenever he had the ball. But there's still a lot of individualism about this uh, um, this uh, Fiji Drew side, Paul. Yep. Um... As Simon says, look, the, 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 both Fiji, the President Drew and the Marmosifia need time, just like the uh, Hakiwaris had four years. Um, people need to shut up about um, tinkering the competition format. I didn't realize we were talking about changing the competition format. I've not seen, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah, I think we're going to stay, stick, stick with what, we, what we've got um, for the next, well, they've said that it's at least next year. Um, but yeah. It's, it's not, I, I hear where Simon's coming from. But I think with MP, I think we're seeing incremental improvements and the issues that they, they're having are really fixable. You know, we're talking about guys overstepping an offside line. I think MP probably gave away, out of those 15 penalties, they probably gave half a dozen of them away for just simply being offside. Paul, you know, to me, those are fixable. Where I kind of look at MP at the moment, and they are really struggling with their set piece at the moment, and that's basically deliverance in, into the lineout, basically structure structure from the back of their club, and accuracy and passes, and of course that all leads to discipline. There's a whole lot more work to be done with the Fiji Jura. Yep, um, and we, we've. Whilst we're, we're nowhere near as close to the Fiji and Drew as we are with Mana Pacifica, we've 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 heard a lot more from them. Uh, look, the that um, about what a wonderful environment they've got there, um, and it's just a matter of time for those players with the Fijian one. I guess the other situation is you've got a lot of players in that Fijian Drew situation who are from a sevens background, um, which isn't as set piece orientated, uh, and they've got to, and, and adapting to that is going to is hopefully going to happen, uh, but could take time. Um, we're kind of uh, well over time now. Um, I will uh, don't forget tomorrow night we've got some the uh, Hurricanes versus Moana Pacifica. Um, as we've already said, the weather could be a real leveler in that one. 
Um, so, uh, folks, don't expect open flowing rugby. Um, and uh, I will put up my, um, uh, what do you call it, gone blank, my predictions uh, for the uh, rest for the next round of Super Rugby games. Uh, but for tomorrow night, I've gone um, Canes by uh, 10 at the moment. What do you reckon about that one? Um, I think they'll want a bit of fresh in the it'll be fresh in the memory the last time <clears throat> these two teams teams met on the on the upside. Um, I think the uh, minor Pacifica might be lucky again. I don't I can't see um, Adi Savia playing. He looked pretty ginger from what I saw on the uh, weekend. So I'll be surprised if he if he fronts up again. Of course, uh, Sikupi Kefu. Uh, will be missing for Moana Pacifica in their team that was uh, named today, Paul. Just looking at the uh, weather for tomorrow, yep, looks definitely like the showers. Showers will be coming in tomorrow, so it'll be a wet one at Trust Stadium. Yeah, we had a lot of changes that for, for the Moana Pacifica team, as you'd expect. Um, I was a bit surprised to see Tuala and Amua both starting in the centres again, um, which is a, a, a good bunch. They're building up there, um, but... Um, yeah, you got to wonder how have they managed to recover from Friday night um, on uh, with with that one. To be honest with you, um, so um, with the uh, the Hurricanes, um, they're um, uh, as as you say, um, they're missing Ali Surveyor. Um, Blake Gibson gets a seven jersey. Reed Princip Princip um, will be captaining from six uh, with Flanders at um, at eight. Um, so yes, um, a couple of uh, players um, on debut as well. With the uh, Kaimu um, Karuru signs um, in the uh, the hooker one, with James O'Reilly starting, um, there could be a bit of an issue there at hooker. Um, is that uh, clearly with Amua and Coles both um, not available um, there? Um, Jared Prophet also looks like he might be debutanting from uh, as as a prop from the bench. So perhaps not the set piece dominance um, that um, Moana Pacifica have had to deal with. In the past, maybe uh, a bit, maybe not quite as strong a set piece from the um, Hurricanes with those debutants um, in there, but um, uh, yeah, uh, but we still have got um, yeah. Morgan gets a ten jersey. Ruben Love at fifteen. Uh, Josh Morby um, drops to the bench there as well. Another player you've mentioned um, in that one, but it's good to see Sir um, Rayasi back um, because he's been missing for a few weeks. Uh, and a player that um, a lot of us think is perhaps the most underrated player, definitely the most underrated winger um, in New Zealand, um, by coaches at least, if not by fans. <laughs> so um, I'll be putting up the rest of my predictions onto um, the Patreon sites. Head over there, patreon.com forward slash radio. Um, that'll probably be on a Wednesday or Thursday, um, because uh, I say that hopefully the Alex Nankerville um, interview will go up tomorrow. Um, so, um, folks, have a great week. Stephen. Thank you so much for uh, joining me yet again. And uh, folks, uh, don't forget to join us 8 p.m. on Mondays for the uh, Driving More show. You can also um, uh, watch it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, or uh, search for the uh, podcast New Zealand Sport Radio. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.